Thank you, church. And I just want to uh, ask you to keep on praying, all right? Write, write Devin's name down, write Pawn's name down, and we just want to keep praying. Don't stop praying. Paul said this, pray without ceasing. He said when, in, in the silent moments of your day, when you're driving in your car, just begin to lift up their names before heaven. Amen. So thank you for praying, church. Do me a favor. Um, go with me in your Bible to Numbers 13.33. Numbers 13.33. Uh, issue one is coming. And, and I need the church to vote yes. <laughs> I guess I'm not supposed to do that, but I'm telling you. Uh, uh, I need you to vote yes. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to have Dr. Cynthia, she's going to cut a video. And next Sunday, you'll talk about that from the stage and let, let the people know why it's important. Because it's a fight for life. It's a fight for the unborn. And so uh, she'll articulate more of that this week. We'll cut a video. We'll put it on our social media so you can be informed as to why you should do that. Um, anyhow, uh, Numbers 1333. Uh, what we have here is the story of Moses. God tells Moses. He says, uh, Moses, what I want to do is I want to take my people into the promised land before I take my people into the promised land. Moses, I want to give I want to give my people a taste of heaven before eternity. He says, he says, Moses, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go get the leaders of households. And I need you to pull one from every household. The leaders now. We're talking about leaders. And I need you to get them. And I need you to tell them what we're doing. What we're doing, Moses, is we're sending, we're sending them in so they can walk in it, so they can taste it, so they can breathe it in, so they can see it, so they can hear it. We're bringing them into something. It's a foretaste, Moses. And now I'll take you forward into the New Testament. And Jesus' prayer was, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom, keep going. On earth as it is in heaven. So what Jesus says is the same thing that Moses said. He says, he says, this is what my disciples should live by. They should expect heaven before heaven. They should expect eternity in their future every day. Not just one day, someday, but just like God told Moses, Moses, I want you to take them in and I want them to taste it. I want them to touch it. I want them to walk in it. I want them to look at it. Jesus tells his disciples, 
My kingdom is going to come. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come. My kingdom is going to invade this world and you're going to get a foretaste. You're going to eat it. You're going to smell it. The aroma of it is going to fill the atmosphere. You're going to walk in it in the reality of heaven on earth. You're going to see resurrection power. You're going to see blind eyes open. You're going to see deaf ears. You're going to see cancer wash off of you. You're going to see it before you experience it in eternity. And we all know there's no sickness in eternity. And so Jesus said, I'm going to bring eternity to the earth. And I'm going to let you taste it and see it and walk in it and touch it and live in it before you go to eternity I'm going to give you a little bit of eternity while you're here and he said go walk in it so he sends he sends them in and they go in and sure enough man they they experience it and they're sitting there and they're walking around and the grapes are like basketballs it's, it's called the Valley of the Cluster, where they were. There was, these, there was these enormous grapes because the fruit was so abundant and so, so good. They brought some of it back. They brought some of it back. But while they were there, they saw something while they was there. They saw the descendants of Anakim. They saw giants living in their land. They saw these giants living in their land, which tells me that when you get close to your promise, giants aren't there to dissuade you from your promise. These giants are there to let you know that is your promise. So if you're facing something today that's scaring you, intimidating you, trying to chase you away from what God said belongs to you, I want you to know that's a giant that cannot take what belongs to you. That's a giant there that was sent as a sign to let you know you are close to what belongs to you. So they come back to Moses after they've been there for a while. And they all start talking, you know. We like to talk in the church, man. We talk, man. We've been talking since we've been a family. We've been talking about each other, and we've just been talking about our problems ever since we've been a family. You know it's true. We get together, we just start hammering away. We just start talking crazy, you know what I mean? We just start saying silly stuff. And so they start talking, and, 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 and the majority of them, here's what I want you to know, the majority of the people that are around you They might see you equal, less than, but never greater than. The majority, most of them. Now, you can't get mad. You can't get mad at them. But they all come back and they all start talking. The majority of them said, man, it's, it's really true. It's a land flowing. It's flowing with goodness. We know the presence of the Lord flows with goodness. You've been in his presence. We was there earlier. It flows with goodness. I mean, it's just flowing. Just, woo, it's flowing. 
But, 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 but there's giants there. See, the, the majority of them said, but there's giants there. And, and Caleb and Joshua stand up and say, hey, y'all, be, be quiet. Stop talking about them giants. You're going to discourage God's people from what God promised God's people. Don't do that. That's, that's an offense to God. Don't discourage God's people. It's an offense to God. God don't get mad, guys. Stop discouraging God's people. Stop telling them your facts, their facts, the world's facts, the way it is, the way they think it is, the way it's always been. Stop telling them this is what happened to your mom and your dad and your uncles and your nieces and your nephews. Stop telling them the report of man. That is bringing discouragement to them. And I'm warning you that that is an offense to the heart of God. Stop discouraging God's people. Keep your mouth shut in the presence of God's people. You're on offense to God right now. They go so far, they started picking up rocks. They was going to kill Moses, Caleb, and Joshua. They said, we're about, to, we're about to kill these guys because they're trying to get us killed. They didn't believe the report of the Lord, so they was going to kill Moses, Caleb, and Joshua. They picked up rocks, about to do it, and you know what happened? Presence of the Lord fell. Presence of God fell. And then God began to talk. And God said, God said, I'm going to kill them. He said, these, these, these people who saw my promise but would not believe my promise, they got to go. They, they can't. They will, he said this. They will never walk in the promise I showed them. I showed them my promise, but they were more afraid of the giants than they were of me. They were more intimidated by the world than they were of me. So as, as for that generation, the only one of them that is going to walk in that promise is going to be, Mo, is going to be not even Moses, is going to be, because Moses at one point, he, he blew it. And then he said, the only one that's going to walk in it is going to be Caleb and Joshua. Because Caleb and Joshua have a, different spirit they have a different spirit so three things i need you to know first one is you're not a grasshopper you're not you should write it down you are not a grasshopper i need a grasshopper Welcome, my grasshopper. <laughs> I, I just want you to know, TJ, I do these things to the people I love the most. You know what I'm saying? TJ is down, down for it always. This is TJ, the grasshopper, this morning. Give him a hand. 
Numbers 13, 33 says, this is what they said. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak. It came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. I want you to know that they can't see you anything more than them because this is how they see themselves. You got people around you that can't see you winning because they don't see themselves winning and these were the leaders of the tribes. And we got this condition where we see ourselves like grasshoppers, so we see everyone, everybody else like grasshoppers. And what I'm praying that you'll receive today is the spirit of, no, not me, man. No, not me. Don't you include me in your we because I wasn't there. I believe the Lord. I believe what God said. I'm not about to, to embrace your, your grasshopper mentality. I'm not, I'm not a part of your we. Don't you include me as a part of your we. We see ourselves this way. Because there are giants. Come on, giant. Give me a giant. Right there, giant. That's a good giant, man. That's, and that, that giant got some arms, man. Yeah, woof. I'm going to ask you, what are you facing today that is making you feel small? What are you facing today that is making you feel insignificant, afraid, intimidated, scared? What is in front of you? Whatever it is, I want you to know, it's not there to take away what belongs to you. It is there to tell you and prophesy to what belongs to you. On the other side of that giant is your promise. All you got to do is believe God for what, for what is on the back side of what he's standing in front to intimidate you from. So three things quickly. When you feel intimidated, you're probably really close to a level up moment. When you feel afraid, when, you, when, when, when the enemy presents a giant to you, I just want you to know you are so close. You're probably walking in the promised land already. You're pro That's why the testimony is I don't feel like what they say because I'm already walking. I don't feel like what they're saying I should feel like. I feel like what the testimony of the Lord said. I feel like I'm strong. I feel like I'm healed. I feel the presence of the Lord. I feel victory. I feel favor. I feel like I'm going to live long in the earth, strong to the end of my day. I don't feel like what they say because you're in the promised land and the enemies are trying to get you to back down for what God had already promised. The enemy's trying to get yourself to see yourself like a grasshopper. 
And I can't be hanging around you if you see yourself like a grasshopper. Man, man I mean, I've been around some people in my days, you know. And, and, and what's interesting is a lot of the people that brought encouragement to me in my life were not, were not necessarily born again, believing in God. These, these were like, these were people with like hope of the earth, you know, hope of the earth people. I had this teacher, her name, I don't, well, yeah, her name's Mrs. Hoagland. But I don't know if she was born again or not. I don't think she was. And if Mrs. Hoagland was able to believe better of me. You see, I need you to believe better of you. I need you to see yourself winning, man. It's important that you see you winning. Because if, if you see you losing, then you see me losing too, homie. If you see you sick, you see me sick, homie. And the power of your prayer is only as powerful as in it corporately. We can never exceed corporately what you go to privately. We're looking for corporate anointing, but you ain't got no private anointing, homie. And, I, and you out here telling me that I can't get better, that I can't be healed because you don't believe you can be healed. So I need you to see you better. I need you to see you healed. I need you to see you leveled up. I need you to see you walking in victory. I need you to see you as the powerful one that God created. I can't afford for you to see yourself less than me. I need you to know that your prayers availeth much. I need you to know that God has blessed you, that God's right hand is upon you. I need you to know that, man. Because corporately, I'm attached to you. I need you to know that promised land, that God has a promise for his church. And that church, that church is attached to what you're believing for privately. So, man, I, 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 I don't know what it's got to take, but I got to get the grasshopper out of you. I got to cast the grasshopper off you, man. You got to stop seeing yourself like a grasshopper, dude. You got to stop praying grasshopper prayers. You got to stop hopping around and start walking around like the royal priest that you are, like the valiant king that you are. I need you to see you better. So, two, the majority of those around you can only see you as less than, equal to, but rarely better than. You can't get mad at them. You can't get mad at them. You've got to get the grasshopper out of them. You can't get mad at your family. You've got to get the grasshopper out of your family. You can't get mad at your kids. You've got to get the grasshopper out of them. But you've got to get the grasshopper out of you before you can get the grasshopper out of them. And third, it's not the size of the giant that keeps you out of your promised land, but it is the size of your relationship with your God that prevents it. It is not the size of this giant. <laughs> You're scary looking, homie. Like, but it is not him that intimidates me. It is, it is either, it's the size of my relationship with my God. It's the size of it. If it's strong, 
then I, like David, can declare this uncircumcised Philistine shall die just like every lion and bear that came across me. If I'm writing songs on the hill song, then I got a relationship with God that will, that will confront every giant in the land. Doesn't matter how big it is. Doesn't matter how intimidating. Doesn't matter what he's carrying. The God, the relationship I have with my God who hangs the earth upon nothing is greater than the size of the giant that stands in front of me. And it's not the giant that intimidates you. It's the fact that you knew when he came, you know that when he came to you, when he presented himself to you, you knew you hadn't prayed. You knew you didn't know Jesus. You know you ain't where you're supposed to be with the Lord. I sent a text to my boy today. I said, you better get to the presence of the Lord while there is time. Today is the day of salvation because the giant's on the horizon and he's looking for you. I want you to know you are the anointed of the Lord and the giants of the land are going to come looking for you. They're going to come looking for you, man. So you, 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 you got to get your relationship with Jesus right. You got to be ready for the fight. Paul told Timothy, you got to be ready in season and out of season. It's easy to be ready when you know there's a giant in front of you. But it's hard to stay in shape. It's hard to not do the things that you want to do, but you, you, you feel like you, you, you should do. You know? But, but you got to be ready out of season. You need an out of season relationship with Jesus. You say, oh, most of them take a break on Monday, but not me. I'm going in hard on Monday. Most people, you know, they, they feel like they owe themselves a, a reward, a cheat day, not me. I'm going to read three times the scripture on that day. Because I got giants that are big. And I want you to know, the bigger the giant, the greater the promise, man. You need to know, the greater the intimidation, the greater the promise, the greater the testimony, the greater the goodness of God, the greater the glory of God that's on your life, the greater the, the family going to come because they're going to see it. And they're going to go, man, that, that, that God that, that Devin worships is the God of all gods. It is the creator of heaven and earth. I will worship that God because I saw God move. One of my most favorite quotes is this. It's by G.K. Chesterton. He said, fairy tales do not tell children that dragons exist. Children already know that dragons exist. Fairy tales tell children that dragons can be killed. And I'm here to tell you today, I don't care what giant's in front of you. You serve a God that kills giants. You need to know that you are who Jesus says you are. You are who Jesus says you are. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. I want to encourage you today. I want to tell the body of Christ it is time to start stirring up one another in their most holy faith. It is time for us to, to grab the arms of those who are weary and tired and hold them up and stir up love.
and let them know I'm here to hold you. I want you to know, Devin Pond, everybody else, Dennis, I'm with you in the fight. I'm not leaving you, man. I'm going to pray out every morning. I'm going to go to war for you, man. I want you to know you're not alone. I'm not here to bring discouragement to you. I'm here to let you know that God is able. What God did yesterday, he's doing right now. If he did it right now, he's going to do it in your future. I'm here to hold you up and stir you up in your faith and let you know you're going to make it. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above. He is here to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think. I'm telling you, if you can, if you can imagine it in your mind, God wants to do greater. Ephesians, or Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I want you to hear my word this morning. He's going to complete what he started until Jesus comes back. You can be confident that he who began to heal you will all the way heal you. He's here to bring heaven now to your situation. God has a promise. I know you're tired, I know you're weary, but I want you to hold on to that promise. There were 10 of them that let go of that promise. But I want you to hold on to that promise because I need you to believe that God is taking us somewhere greater. I know God moved in our path. I know God did some amazing things, but God's not done, church. God has a promise for you. God has a future for you. He's not finished yet. And I want to encourage you to stay in faith. Don't you let these giants scare you away from what God gave you. And if you're here today and you came with somebody, I don't care. Listen, I don't care what happens. You know, you got to just make up your mind. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Whether it comes out like I think it should or whether it comes out negative, I need you to know that God is still God. He sits on the throne and there is none beside him. Hebrews 10.23 said, let us hold what? Fast to the confession of our hope. Hold fast to the confession of your hope without rate wavering. If I could just stabilize you today, I just need you to grab somebody next to you and stabilize them. Say, stop wavering. I'm here to hold you up. I'm here to, I'm, I'm here to help you hold fast to the confession of your hope without wavering because I need you to know that he who promised is faithful, man. He is faithful. That sun rises every morning. That sun sets every night. God is faithful. <laughs> Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together for what? For good to those that love God. And to those who are what? Called according to his purpose. I need you to know that you're called out, man. I need you to know that you have, that God has a purpose for you. God called you out. God has an assignment for you, and he ain't here to cut them short. He ain't here to leave it on the shelf. He's here to bring it to fruition. John 1, 1 John 2.25, and this is the promise that he has promised us. Look at it. Come on, man. This is the promise that he has promised us. What is it? Come on, talk to me, church. What is it? He promised you what? 
Now, he didn't, he didn't say that for when you get to eternal life. He promised you eternal life now in temporary life. He promised you eternal life. You need to write that down. You need to remind yourself that God promised you eternal life in temporary life. That even in the midst of my trial, even in the midst of my affliction, God promised me, this is my promise, eternal life, health, healing, strength, victory, favor. I walk in the abundance of heaven, even in the midst of the temporary situation. It's just temporary. God's bringing me eternal life. God's bringing you eternal life. When? Now, man. Now. Today's the day of your salvation. Right now, man. Right now, healing's being healed. Cancer's being healed. Right now. Disease is falling. Right now. Eternal life. Give it to me now, God. I need it now. I won't need it when I get there. I need it now, God. Give it to me all now. That's faith, man. That's faith. You stand in front of that giant saying, I've been promised eternal life now. Ain't nothing you can do to me, son. Ain't no way you can intimidate me. God promised me eternal life. When? Now. Not then. You're not about to kill me because God promised me eternal life now. Heaven before heaven. That's your promise. Heaven on earth. That's your promise. If God, if God just intended for you to have heaven, when you die and go to heaven, you get saved, he'd take you to heaven. You hear me? If God wanted you just to only experience eternal life, he'd get, he'd get you to the point where you say, you, you believe Jesus? You believe Jesus, Paul? Yeah? Well, let's go to heaven. Come on, let's go. No, but he left you here. He left you here as a sign and a wonder. They say, the, the giants are going to come after you, but you're going to stand in front of them giants, and you're going to say, even though, even though the enemy tried to afflict me, even though he put a stroke on me, even though he tried to, to damage me, I just want you to know that God promised me eternity now. God promised me, promised me life now. That's bold faith, man. That's bold faith right there. Stand in front of him and say, now, God promised me this stuff. It's mine. And then lastly. This is, the, this, is the hard, this is the hard one, guys. This is the hard one. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. God can do more with your obedience. He can't even help it. The grasshopper was coming over to help me. I'll take that. I'll take that, man. It's, it's so good. Just give it to me, man. You're about to get the grasshopper out of me. He said... God said, I'll do more with your obedience than your sacrifice. And you got to get that down inside of you because, because there were 10 of them. There were 10 of them that were disobedient. And to the 10 that were disobedient, God said, you're not going to make it in. Now, there's a warning here that's very, it's very real. There's a warning here that's very real. What Moses was talking about was a land that was alluding to eternity in heaven with Jesus. And God said, those who would not believe in my promise, who were disobedient, think about that. He, he sees your, your unwillingness to believe as disobedience. And he said, those who would not believe, even though they touched it, 
even though they experienced my presence, even though they came to church and the evidence of my presence was undeniable, even though I presented myself to them and I showed them me, they still would not believe. They shall not enter. The warning is stern. Disobedience. So your obedience doesn't matter how much you serve. Doesn't matter if you tithe. What matters is that you obey. You see what God needs in this day and hour is leaders with first word obedience. Because you're not promised. Listen to this preacher. You and I are not promised a second word. And I know grace is amazing. But I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. I'm telling you what the Bible says. That God doesn't owe you a second appeal. And that God, God was stern here because he knew what the promised land was promising in the future in, the, in Jesus. He knew that it was talking about eternity of eternity and eternity available within time. He knew that, so he said, I gotta be stern here and I gotta make a point. I need you to understand that you are not owed a second appeal, that tomorrow is not promised to any one of us and when God shows himself and God asks from you something, it's better to just go ahead and bend and do what God asks you to do and, and just go ahead and be obedient to the word of the Lord the first time because you're not promised a second time. Isaiah 119, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. You shall experience heaven before heaven. Exodus 19, four through six, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation." But they, 10 of them, never made it. What's separated? I'll close now. What's separated? What is it that's separated? Caleb and Joshua from the others. An authentic relationship with Jesus. They had a real relationship with their God. So it didn't matter what scary giant presented itself. I had a dream the other night. I got this weird, I don't know if it's a fear, as much as it is just this weird belief. When we go into the mountains, we start getting into mountains. Whenever I'm driving in or I'm walking through the mountains or I'm hunting or I'm out in the woods and there are these enormous mountains, I always, I, I have this thing that where I, I believe there are giants laid down in the mountains. And I, 
and I've, I've carried that belief for a long time. There are times when I'm driving and I, and I just think, well, man, what if that giant just stood up and all the trees on his back stood up with him? And, and, and in my dream, my dream, I was walking and it was getting to be about nighttime and, and I laid down on the side of a mountain. And as I laid down on the side of the mountain, I was at perfect peace at the side of this mountain as I laid down. And, and as, as I laid down there and I felt the peace of God, I, the, the mountain began to shake and quake. And suddenly I was raised up and the, and, the, and the giant in the mountain stood up. And I was there on the neck of the giant, holding the giant. And I was telling the giant which way to go. And I just hear the Lord saying today to his bride that it's time for you to start riding your giants and dick dictating to your giants where you're going rather than where they're trying to take you. And it's time for you to have peace even while you're on the back of a giant. It's time for you to have the peace that Jesus had when he laid at the front of that boat and said, even though the storms rage, I know my father has a purpose and an assignment for my life and he's going to bring me through to the other side. God is giving you peace right now in the face of giants and God is causing you to own your giants and use your giants to your advantage. But only to those who have authentic relationships with Jesus. Without it, he's intimidating. Lou, come up here and wrestle with him. Who wants to wrestle with him? Come on. Brian, come up here and wrestle with him, man. No, I'm just kidding, man. You had, we, had, we had a whole stage tore up. No, Brian, get to sit down, man. We ain't about to do that. I went to church today and had fight club. I was going to say Roger, but Roger might have stood up too, you know what I mean? Only to those who have an authentic relationship with Jesus. Without it, he's intimidating. But with it, you're not a grasshopper. Take it off. You're not a grasshopper. And it's time today. It's time for you today to start seeing yourself the way Caleb and Joshua saw themselves. First, they had an authentic relationship with their God, which made them, which made them believe that God was more powerful than the giant. Yeah. Secondly, God said of them, God says of you, you got a different spirit in you. you you're, not like, you're not like the rest of them. You got a different spirit. And you know what the world needs today? You know what your children need? They need you to have a different spirit. The common spirit is, he scares me. He intimidates me. You run from giants. The uncommon spirit, the Holy Spirit, will make you bold, will make you courageous. It will say, it will say to giants, my God is able. So they had a different spirit, and that different spirit, you need an authentic relationship, and you need the Holy Spirit. You need a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will tell you the truth in the face of lies. 
the Holy Spirit will come into your darkness and will turn on the lights and say, listen, I just need to remind you. He'll whisper in your ear, I need to remind you that your darkest hour is full of light. Why? Because Jesus is the light of the world. You need the Holy Spirit. And then last, you need the heart of David. You need the heart of David. It says of David, he had the heart. There was none like him, man. He had the heart of God. And we all know what David did. He killed giants. He killed them so proficiently that he raised up an army of giant killers. And I declare today in Jesus' name, come on, lift your hands today and receive. I am a giant killer. I enlist you today into the army of the Lord and make you a giant killer of your generation. There shall be no intimidation, no fear. Nothing shall befall you. Nothing shall chase you away from the promise of God that he's given to you. To you and to your children, God is, an, is annihilating the giants of your day. Can't will not go past you. All, all doubt shall not go past you. All the depression shall not go past you. Addiction shall not go past you. In Jesus' name. Come on, stand to your feet as I close today. As we close. You are not a grasshopper. And I need you, church on the north coast. I need you to believe in me. I need you to see me killing the giant. I feel bad that you're the giant, man. We should have got somebody we didn't know. It's important, man. You got to see. You got to look at your neighbor. Come on, you... you you can't see them as grasshoppers. God, God didn't make grasshoppers. He didn't make you to be a grasshopper. So I need you to see me, man. I need, I need you to believe that I'm healed. I need you to believe that I'm strong. I need you to believe that I'm anointed. Come on, I, you, need, I, you need me to believe you need me to see me better than I see, see you. You need me to be believe that, that, that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Because if I see myself that way, I, I'm going to see you that way. So you got to start encouraging one another. I commission you with an anointing to encourage. With, with an anointing to bring words in season to those who are weary, to become an, an elder Brenda and Robert, to become the word of the Lord when people are going through the valley of the shadow of death. Come on, raise your hand. I don't see you as grasshoppers. I don't see you sick. I don't see you broke. I don't see you depressed. I don't see you losing. I don't see you addicted. I don't see you offended. I don't see you bitter. I don't see you angry. I don't see you less than. I don't see you disqualified, ruined, broken, or undeserved. I see you as the, as the cross of Christ sees you victorious, walking in resurrection power, healed, delivered, full of the glory of heaven. This is what God sees. 
Jesus' name. If you're here today, listen to me. You walk out that door today, you only walk out one of two ways. You walk out that door today, you, you close this broadcast today, you close it one of two ways. There's no middle. There's, no, there's nothing in the middle, man. The devil owns the middle. So you walk out that door, blood-bought, spirit-filled, walking in the power of heaven, destined to go to heaven and bring heaven to earth. Or you walk out that door, condemned, destined for an eternal flame that was not created for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed, you're here today. You say, man, I need the God. I need the God that kills giants. I need this God in my life. I'm facing giants. I'm facing circumstances that are scaring and intimidating me and shaking me. I need the God that kills giants. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, his name is Jesus. Come on, everybody in the room, just say Jesus. Pray this prayer with me, Jesus. I ask you to forgive me my sin. Come into my heart. I repent of every sin. Yesterday, today, all of tomorrow. Make me brand new. I give you my life. Take it now. Kill every giant. In Jesus' name. You're here today, you need a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come on, just lift your hand. He said, baptize me again, Jesus. I need a heart. I need a heart like David. That's a heart after God. I, give me a heart, God, that's only for you, not of this world. I renounce this world. I say, give me the heart of my Father. Holy Spirit, come baptize us again. Fresh and anew. Fresh and anew, Holy Spirit. With power, you say. With power. With power, you will baptize your people. With power, baptize your people. May they feel the flames of the burning one named Jesus come upon their life right now. May they feel the conversion of heaven right now. Use us. Baptize us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. God bless you.